thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, I'm Carrie Kitzmiller, and today I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, verse 5 through 8, and verse 40 through 42. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. This is the good news of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gary, thank you for reading our scripture today. Really appreciate you doing that. So, uh, we are still in that series of the next chapter. We did the story for eight months, and now this is the series kind of answering the question, so what? So what? So we read it. So we looked Genesis through Revelation. What now? We've talked about remembering the story, living the story, and today to tell the story. Now, I don't know about you, but often in churches when a preacher starts talking about telling the good news, there's a little bit of a cringe factor. Because people think, oh, he's going to want us to go out and witness on street corners. Uh, going to want us to go tell people about Jesus. going to want to save people. Okay, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, not exactly. I mean, you've, you've, you've probably been in those places where there was a street preacher somewhere. I remember um, a, a while back, Mary and I were somewhere. We were at some farmer's market on a Saturday morning on the sidewalk across the street. There's the street preacher. Had a little pulpit and, you know, on the microphone and the speaker and the whole thing. And, um, you know, a whole bunch of people walking past the person. Um, uh, that's not what I'm talking about either. But I am talking about Communication. Some of you might remember the days when you used to have those one-day seminars you could go to. You'd find them on, uh, there was one company called Career Track. You could go to a one-day seminar, $99 for this one-day seminar, 8 to 5 on whatever it was, or Fred Pryor seminars. And you might go, you know, how to manage conflict in the workplace, how to work with a team, how to whatever. Well, I went to one of those one day, and it was on communication. Uh, since most of what I do has to do with communication. And uh, the, the guy started off with this. He said, I'm not going to tell you anything today that you don't already know. Well, yeah, great. <laughs> right? Except the reason a lot of people would go to those is just to get out of the office for a day, right? So there's, you know, victory in that. Okay. So, but, th- but he wanted to say, but, I'm, but the thing is, is that so often the things that we know, we don't have them connected to other pieces of information that would be really helpful. We don't make some connections that we really need to know on how to communicate. It's like in your filing system. Now, this works in the old school filing cabinets or on your computer. Sometimes you put something in the wrong file. You need to make sure it gets into the right file. 
so that when you're in a certain situation, you know better how to communicate in that situation. He said, that's what I'm going to help you do today. That was really helpful. Then he said, and this is the second thing that stood out to me, he said, and, and that's really important because when you're trying to communicate with somebody, no matter how uh, hard you work on it, no matter how much time you spend on it, no matter how heavily resourced it is, or referenced it is, uh, researched, uh, it, it does any of that, any of your graphs and your charts and your graphics, if the people to whom you're communicating don't understand, then your communication has failed. Well, that really got my attention <laughs> since, you know, so much of the time you're trying to, I'm trying to talk in such a way that people get it. And so uh, that, was, that was really helpful to me. And on this day, we celebrate the time that God's Holy Spirit made it possible for God's believers, the people of God, to tell the good news of Jesus Christ in a way other people could understand. That's what today is all about. It is the day of Pentecost, and it is uh, described in Acts chapter 2. It says that, you know, Jesus had told the believers to gather, and the Holy Spirit would come to them. And so they were gathered, and we refer to it as the upper room. Some room somewhere, a bunch of believers were gathered. And when the Holy Spirit came, it's the, Acts chapter 2 says it sound, sounded like a, a mighty rushing wind. And all of a sudden, people were empowered to speak in other languages. Now, now this is not the charismatic expression of worship that we call speaking in tongues. It's, they were speaking in known languages, because in Jerusalem at that time were people there for the festival of Pentecost, which actually is a Jewish festival. And people from all over the region who, who were not just from there, they didn't only speak, they didn't speak Hebrew, they spoke, they might have spoken Persian. Uh, they were from Syria, they were from all over the place. And they're walking by this place, and they're, and they're, they're not sure what's going on, because they hear in their own language people inside speaking, the Bible says. They were empowered to speak in a way that other people could understand. And it says, and then and Peter delivers this beautiful sermon that day. I mean, just eloquent, which is really, I mean, that kind of shows the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you remember Peter, he tended to just blurt things out, much of the time inappropriately. There's this beautiful, articulate sermon that he did. And the effect was that many people heard it, they understood it, they received it, they were baptized. It was a, I mean, it was a big day. And the Bible said about 3,000 people were added. Well, now, I, as a teenager, for a lot of different reasons, I read the King James Version a lot. And I, and I learned Acts chapter 2, verse 41, this way. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. About 3,000 souls. And that word has always stuck with me. So uh, when I was uh, pastoring in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, I had quite a few people in my church who worked for either Kirtland Air Force Base or uh, Sandia National Lab, uh, Air Force Research Lab, uh, or uh, uh, Defense Contractors, Department of Energy. That's a huge complex out there. And, and all of those, and including the Albuquerque International Airport, use the same runway, airport runway. So when there's an emergency of some kind, there's a team of people really representing all those different <laughs> entities that come together in the control room. 
one of my church members was on that team. And she was telling me the first time that, this, that she was on the team and they got the call, there's a flight coming in, emergency. Um, they get to the control room. And so, of course, they get there and they're getting all this information of what's happening and they got to you know, figure out all the logistics and make sure they do everything possible uh, for safety for that plane and the people on board. And she says, and of all the information, then they say there are 127 souls on board. And she said, that really changes your perspective. When you start thinking about people you encounter as souls, it wasn't information about how many of the people on the plane are Democrats and how many are Republicans, how many are men, how many are women, what languages are spoken, none of that. 127 souls. So when you think about that day of Pentecost and you think about the message of the good news of Jesus Christ, friends, it's not just for people that we like and like us. It's for the souls that inhabit all people everywhere around the world. So how do we, how do we tell the story to those folks? So Jesus gave some instructions on this. Uh, as uh, luck would have it. Jesus had some instructions on this. In Matthew chapter 10, now Luke tells the same story with variations, as they always do, but in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is sending out his disciples on a mission. He's telling them to go and do this ministry. And so when he does, he goes through this, this long set of instructions. And that's, that's Carrie just read part of it. it was a, it's a long chapter. She just read part of it. So out of all these instructions, I think there's kind of a way to distill it in a way that kind of fits us, right? One of the things that Jesus uh, talked about was to meet people where they are. Meet people where they are. Now, he was, because he was, for one thing, telling the disciples to go out, right? Go out to where the people are. But to go out and to heal diseases, to go out and help the poor, to go out. But that's part of the mission. Go meet people where they are. Don't just wait for them to come to you. Meet them where they are. Now, that's physical. Go meet with them where they are. It's also figurative, right? I mean, you've got to consider who it is you're talking to. Meet the person where, where they are. Using uh, emotional intelligence, there's probably a career track or Fred Pryor workshop on emotional intelligence online. Meet them where they are. Secondly, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. He, he told his disciples, when you go out, don't take your money, don't take your bags, don't take your stuff. You're just, you're just going to go and be there. And you're going to rely on the goodness of other people. Be vulnerable. There is power in vulnerability. If you're not sure, go online, YouTube, um, uh, TED Talks. There's a lot of books by Brene Brown about the power of vulnerability. It is profound and amazing. Be vulnerable, not in a position of power, but in a position of vulnerability. Third, know when to move on. Know when to move on. Sometimes it's just, it's just not going to happen. Because so what Jesus said is when you go to the village, to these villages, go and extend peace to a home. Extend peace. And if they return that peace, great. They're, they're going to ex- exercise hospitality and welcome you. If they don't, you go to the next town. You go to the next place. And if they don't receive you, keep going. And if it looks like the whole village is saying, no, we don't want you here. He says to knock the dust off your sandals of that place. Just know when to move on. 
I remember a guy years ago, he loved to argue. Loved to argue. It always started out as just a nice conversation. Before long, it was about whatever. And, and I thought he wanted to argue. He was the type of person who wanted to argue for clarity's sake. It took me a while to realize, no, he just liked to argue. He didn't want to have a different understanding. He just wanted to argue. And I was commiserating with a friend of mine about how frustrating that was. And, and my friend said, okay, so imagine you start a conversation. He's, he's taking you around the track. And when you realize you're about to go around the track the second time, just get off the track. Just politely, respectfully, you've got something else to do. You've got somewhere else to go. It's just going to go around the track again and again and again. Jesus said, know when to move on. Third, it won't be easy. It won't be easy. Jesus said that I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. <laughs> that's hardly encouraging. Hardly encouraging. But that's where he says, so then therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. It won't be easy when you're trying to be a witness, to tell, to reflect the good news of Jesus Christ. It won't be easy. So, five, keep it simple. Keep it simple. There at the end, right? Even a cup of cold water. Just simple. Sometimes those simple acts, tangible acts of generosity, of hospitality, are exactly the message that is needed. That cup of cold water, when needed, that, that, that will not be lost. So when we think of the power of the Holy Spirit to tell the good news, we think of these instructions of Jesus, but even these instructions, you think about it, how much of those are nonverbal, right? So often we think of communication as words, it's talking. And, I, you know, you, we've all heard 90% of uh, communication is nonverbal. Now, I don't know where, I can't substantiate that. I don't know where that comes from, but we've all heard it a bunch of times. And it's, we, you know, verse, at least, you know, Experientially, we believe that's true. Most of it is nonverbal. Somebody can say, I forgive you. But if they have their arms crossed and they're looking down and they sound angry, what do you hear? They don't forgive you, right? So much of it is nonverbal. So, so think of it this way. Uh, maybe you've sometimes been playing a, a card game or a board game or something of some kind, and, uh, and someone said to you, you know what, you have a tell. You know what I mean? You have an expression. There's an expression that when you have a really good hand, you know, maybe a little smirk on your face or something, or when it's a really bad hand, oh, your brow's, you know, for, it's a tell. Now I know you have a good hand, you have a bad hand. Maybe it's body language, maybe it's tone of voice, something. There's a tell that you have. Mary says that I have a tell when I'm angry and frustrated. And she can say, well, you're getting frustrated. I'll say, no, I'm not. <laughs> something about my face when I started, and, but she can tell, I've got a tell. We all have a tell one way or another, right? Well, here's the thing. Your face has a tell, and your faith has a tell. Your face has a tell, and your faith has a tell. See, most of the time, people can understand how you feel about them just by being around you. Because we have a tell. Whether we, and most of the time, it's unintentional. Sometimes we don't even know how we're coming across. Part of that has to do with how we see that person. 
Are we seeing the differences? Are we seeing a soul? Our faith has a tell. People can see in us how our faith lives, what role it has in our life. A friend of mine, uh, a few years ago, retired. He had failed uh, retirement several times. And uh, some of you know people like that. Uh, he had failed several times to retire, but he finally, finally retired. And because of where he'd worked and the benefits and everything, he was able to be a part of a uh, fitness center for free, basically, in retirement. Well, once upon a time, he had run marathons. I mean, he had been very, very active, and he wanted to start getting back into shape. But at his age, he thought, I better get a trainer to you know, help me make sure I'm being wise about this and being smart. So he gets this trainer, young man, early 30s, works with them for several weeks. If you've ever been in this situation, you start, you have conversations. You get to know people uh, a little bit, right? And so um, they've gotten to know each other, and, and, and the young man gets to where he feels comfortable enough with my friend that he, one day he just says, my friend had asked, how, how, are you, how are you doing today? And he said, well, just really not great. Oh, what's it? What's up? You know, I've been in this serious relationship for five years. I thought we were headed toward marriage. Now she says she wants out. Now I don't know what that means. And, and that makes me start to think about my life. What, I'm in my early 30s. Am I going to be a trainer my whole life? I mean, what am I going to do? I, I don't, I'm just really struggling. And so my friend just tried to talk with him a little bit and get him to say a little bit more. And finally, this guy said to him, he said, really, I just want what you have. I want what you have. Now, he wasn't talking about money. He wasn't talking about a house. He wasn't talk- There was something that he picked up on, a tell, that made him go, man, there's something. That's what I want. And it opened a door for conversation. There's all kinds of ways that God intends for us to express the good news of Jesus Christ. Important to remember that when we talk about the book of Acts, the full title of that book is the Acts of the Apostles, right? That those 12 disciples become the people who are the primary people to spread the good news. The apostles go out into all the world. The Acts of the Apostles, it's not called the Talks of the Apostles. Your faith has a tell. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for uh, your goodness to us, and we thank you uh, for the opportunities that we've had to see faith lived in other people's lives. The opportunities that we've had to see those tells in others that, that instruct us and inspire us and encourage us. God, help us to be mindful of the fact that our faith has a tell too. And that, God, what you intend is that we be a message, our lives be a message in word and deed for the souls of this earth that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you for uh, those who have come before us and those who have lived in that empowered way so that we too might also know the joy of living in relationship to you, in relationship to others in ways that bring peace and joy and love. May we be ambassadors of those things. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.